Welcome to another episode of Making Magic with your host, Bradley Morris from Magic Media. This is the go-to show for purpose-driven creators to get inspired with innovative new ideas to produce your educational content, build thriving online communities, and turn your message into a movement. My name is Hope Patterson. Um, I like to begin by saying I'm a mother of two because I think my position as a parent, my commitment really informs so much of my work. Um, I also work as a transformation coach and education innovation specialist. And I'd say I'm devoted to designing and facilitating authentic spaces for inspiration, growth, and transformation. Thanks for joining us for today's special spotlight as a part of Hope Sparks Network. Hope Sparks Network is a welcoming space for parents to explore new ways for their kids to learn in today's world and educators to find their tribe. I'm gonna pop the link in the chat below for those of you who haven't joined our vibrant network of support and inspiration. And I invite you to explore our free network and I'll follow up with each of you after um, to offer other events that we're putting on and an opportunity to join Hope's Brain Trust for educators working in collaboration. Um, so on to our event today. I'm going to just pop this Hope Sparks in the chat. Feel free to explore that after the workshop, and I will mm -hmm. also follow each of you. So we are here to talk about a hot topic, thriving in business and life without social media. Our special guest is a friend of mine. He's a collaborator. And apart from being a coach, a mentor, and a devoted dad, he also runs a media company. Uh, he's a meditation teacher. You're a golf, what would you say, a pro? A fanatic? pro golfer, pro golfer, and, and a fanatic. I'm obsessed, yeah. You're obsessed. I see your necklace. <laughs> um, and I guess Bradley and I met with his work actually devoted to children. Um, Bradley runs a fair trade publishing company, an app called Magic Kids, and he's likely going to share more about it um, in his event today. And Brad and I talk a lot about how social media is impacting our lives, our culture, and our kids. And Brad has delved deeply in supporting others to find alternative ways to build lifestyles and businesses that aren't wholly dependent on social media. So like you all, I'm super curious and willing to be open to what you have to offer us today, Brad. Um, and we chatted briefly about the format. We wanted to have time for Brad to share, and then there's gonna be time for, um, to hear from you and plenty of time for questions and your cases that you're trying to work on in your lifestyle and your business. So mm. over to you, Bradley. Well, thank you very much. And thank you everybody for being here. And for those of you who are watching this transmission and future generations, I salute you as well. Um, just by a show of hands or in the chat, um, how many of you currently use social media? And raise your hands so high that they go off the screen if you love your relationship with social media. And if you don't love your relationship with social media, then just put your hands down. Okay, that's typically it. I've, I've probably had 3,000 or so people join this presentation live over the last year and a half. Uh, and typically it's like a 95% uh, of the people who are on social media, want to get off social media. And I wrestled with the idea of leaving social media. I've been an entrepreneur for over 18 years. Uh, I used social media daily, multiple times per day. Uh, and I thought that it was the only way to grow my business. Uh, I have come to learn that that is not actually true. That's there are so many other ways to go about growing your business. And this isn't just about business. I mean, I'm assuming we're all educators here in some capacity. We're here to teach. We have messages to share. We probably have products or services or courses 
or communities that we we have to sell that there's revenue generation that there is getting something important out to an audience and that there's so many other ways other than social media in fact the game is rigged against us in the social media realm these days so my hopes for the presentation that uh we're going through today is that this is part storytelling uh because i feel like my story will resonate with a lot of people who have been trying to leave the social media game uh, and it's also very tactical. You're going to walk away with 10 very clear strategies that will actually support you to leave social media. You could leave today and you would have the tools that you need to actually grow your business. And I have managed to do that year after year since leaving six years ago. So my question is, uh, why do you want to leave? social media share in the chat what's your reason for wanting to get off of linkedin twitter facebook instagram TikTok, you name it what is your reason for wanting to leave why don't you want to be there no good for the brain and spirit increased privacy sucks up your time all good reasons yeah what other reasons do you have for wanting to leave social media exhausting disorienting and it doesn't give back what i need to be a model for my children beautiful yeah there's there's plenty of reasons on why to leave um what's what's the reasons it takes up too much time doesn't feel authentic buying things we do not need great so these are very on par with the typical answers i receive from people that want to get off social media but it feels like a you know, when you're so close to it, you just can't see the way out of the maze. So I left six years ago. This is me sitting on a mountain. This is all the social media people watching the same sunset as me taking their selfies and posting on social media. I was over here. My son was born uh, seven years ago. So this is about six and a half years ago. And I was sitting on a mountain watching a beautiful sunset, fresh dad, new company very inspired in my life and i was watching this gorgeous sunset uh up on a mountain and as i was watching the sunset over the horizon i was pulled out of the present moment and i caught my brain thinking in facebook post and all of a sudden it was like i was thinking of the post i was going to share on facebook later that night to describe the moment i was in and in doing so i left the moment and I'd been contemplating leaving social media for three years leading up to that. I started a group on Facebook called Evacuate, Evacuate Facebook, and it was growing in popularity. And it was in that exact moment, I was like, these are not my thoughts. My brain has completely been hijacked. This is not me anymore. And that's not okay. It's not okay that I'm not thinking my own thoughts anymore. I'm thinking of something that's going to get me likes and comments. There was like, a part of me trying to manipulate my own experience in order to get praise, in order to get credibility, in order to make money, all of these different things. It, it, was, it was a very clear moment for me. And, and I was like, that was it. That was my final straw of like, this isn't my own mind anymore. And so I, I said, that was enough. And I posted the next day. I said, I'm leaving. Peace out. And I left. I left cold turkey. Having a son who was just born having social media be my primary way of making money, that that was where I was marketing my new company at the time was called the Grady Course Adventure. Uh, and I was doing coaching and all the different things and growing my meditation following online. And it was a very scary moment. It felt like I stepped out of the void and free fell. And that was a really interesting feeling because um well it felt like being erased so my reasons were clear just like all of you you have cl some clear reasons on why you don't resonate with social media for me it was it was stealing my energy it was not filling me up it was not filling my bank account up but there was some bigger social pieces for me that just did not align with who i wanted to be the world i wanted to create and the business i wanted to build so I was seeing at the time, and it's way worse now than it was six and a half years ago, is that rather than connect us, it divides us. 
Rather than being inspired, we feel anxious by engaging on these platforms, which is how they're programmed to be. Rather than building friendships, we get followers, which is a very twisted and, and bizarre thing that we try to do. Rather than creating more connection, we have more loneliness than ever before, more depression, more mental illness. It's not helping. Rather than feeling safe to share our thoughts, we censor them or they become censored for us. And rather than being free, we become addicted to our devices. We become addicted to the algorithm. We become addicted to the dopamine hits that we get from somebody liking or commenting on our post. And so these were, this was the list of reasons that were very clear for me six and a half years ago, and they're more clear for me now. So leaving was interesting. As I said, it felt like being erased. Uh, it wasn't like I, I deleted my accounts and all of a sudden all my friends are inviting me to parties. They're calling me, they're texting me, they're checking in on me. No, it wasn't like that at all. It was like radio silence. I was suddenly alone. And we just moved to this island. I live on Salt Spring Island, BC. We had moved here a few years before that. So we were still cultivating some new friendships, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like all of a sudden my social life took off. It started to blossom. It was, uh, it was weird. It was so weird. I suddenly realized after three months of just silence, not getting text messages from friends, nobody checking in on like, why'd you leave? What are you doing? Where'd you go? What's happening in your world? Nothing, just nothing. And I've talked to other people that have left and they had the same thing. And so what I quickly realized, if I want to survive, if I want to be fulfilled, if I don't want loneliness to overcome my soul, I need to do something about it. And I took ownership and I took leadership in my life. I started to be the one to reach out, to connect, to build relationships, to create community here on the ground with friends, with people, with families. And my wife also participated in that. Uh, and so I, I really realized that the only way my life and my business are going to work is if I focus on connections with real people in the real world. And so that's what I did. And, you know, it seems kind of crazy and counterintuitive to build a media company on the Internet based on real relationships. But I tell you, that's the only satisfying way I know how to do it now. So. What I've come to realize, and I think everybody can agree, is the world doesn't need more social media. What we need is more social connection, especially after all the disconnection that's taken place over the last several years. We need more people gathering, more people sharing ideas, more people debating their counter ideas to help us learn and to evolve together. So this is a question I always love to ask is how much time and write the number down because you got to be honest with yourself. If you're going to actually have an awakening, you have to be brutally honest with yourself. So how much time do you spend on social media? This could be making posts, commenting on posts, scrolling the wall mindlessly. It could be any number of things, but how much time are you spending? If you're brave enough and you want to just out yourself, you can post that in the chat. Uh, but this is an important question because stating how much time you're spending on social media, and this could be just like watching mindless YouTube videos as well. We can count that as time on social media, but if we can be honest with that, then we can set ourselves free because when we suddenly realize how much time and energy we're putting into these platforms, into these massive tech companies who own what we post and who rig the game so that we have to pay the money in order to get exposure, as soon as we can be honest about that, uh, we, can, we can start to set ourselves free. So Rachel says like a part-time job, one hour over the course of a day. So I would say the average answer for most people when I do this is roughly 10 hours a week. I've had one person say she spends 60 plus hours a week on social media. She had three different businesses she was doing and her marketing was social media. I was like, well, how much money do you make off that? And she's like, not a lot. I'm like, your plan sucks. So <laughs> the next question. So how much time do you have? How much money are you making from these social media platforms, making connections, selling products, selling services, selling retreat spots? Like how much actual revenue is generated from being on these platforms? So often... 80 plus percent of the time, people say, 
almost none, almost no money is being made. And you're putting in, you're like volunteering for these companies to stay in business because you're not making money, but you're putting in five, 10, 15, 20 hours a week into these platforms and you're getting no return. It's actually, it's doing the opposite of giving a return. It's at a detriment. It's at a detriment to our health, our mental well-being, our family life. We're not pursuing our passions and our hobbies. We're not pursuing any path of self-mastery because these things are literally stealing our imaginations and our spirit away from us. They're turning us against each other. This is a very interesting thing. And yet we stay in the relationship with them. So that's the next question is like, how fulfilled are you being on these social media platforms? When you go there, does it light you up? Does it fulfill you? And sometimes like one out of 10 people I talk to are like, I love social media. I get so much out of it. I connect to so many people that I couldn't connect with. And so I'm not saying social media is bad. I'm saying it can work for some people, but when it's not working, it's time to make a change. So the next, and this is the important question. This is what I had to dream into is what would you do with all the extra time you could have if you didn't do social media? I play professional golf. The only reason I can do that is because I play six hours or I play six days a week, 250 days a year. This is my devotion. This is my spiritual practice is playing this game. And when I was working, you know, when I was doing social media, I was working so many hours a day because I was doing three hours a day of social media stuff, at least. So my working hours were nine to 12 hours a day. And then when I stopped, all of a sudden I reclaimed three, four, five hours a day. It was crazy. What happened when I just left? So what would you do? Share in the chat. What is something? Let's just say you're averaging 10 hours a week scrolling and posting and commenting and connecting with people on social media. Let's say you reclaim 40 hours a month. What could you do in that 40 hours per month? That's almost 500 hours a year that you could be devoting to some other thing that's just kind of on a shelf right now collecting dust. Spend more time in the garden with friends and family. Take more time to develop more better content for our courses. More time with your son. Uh, Mara says, it often drives me bonkers. My dog's name bonkers, by the way. <laughs> Not my favorite task. I do appreciate when I meet people like Hope and some amazing articles about education. Absolutely. There's other ways to get that information, though. Hope has a newsletter. You don't have to be on social media to connect with Hope. You get a newsletter. You respond to those newsletters. You can have a conversation over there. Um, so how would you replace your connections you make? We'll get to that. So uh, there's plenty of other platforms you can use, which we'll get into besides Facebook groups. So let's, uh, let's continue on with some of the solutions. So six years later, for me, after leaving, I have more time. My work days are typically six hours a day, and I'm running two companies. I play golf every day. I play professionally. My company has grown every single year since leaving social media. I haven't dipped. I just keep growing. I get more time for family, friends, exercise, all the things. And I'm not involved in the drama of humanity that's unfolding right now. So how do you do it? How do you succeed? Every year I pick a word and that word kind of guides my acts as a mantra for the year. And for the first two years after leaving social media, my one and only word was relationships. How do I cultivate real relationships in the real world so that I can leverage other people and they can leverage me and we can all grow together? And this transformed my business models. This transformed my life. It's transformed my village that I'm a part of. It's transformed all the relationships I'm connected to just from this one thing of focusing on real relationships in the real world. And yes, a lot of these, real, these relationships in the real world are online connections. Like Hope and I, we have not, we've never met in person but we're friends, we work together, and those connections didn't come through social media. So we're going to get into solutions. we got 10 solutions. Number one, if you have an email list, treat that email list like gold. Put all that brilliant, beautiful stuff that you're posting on social media, put all that into your newsletters. Make the best newsletter you possibly can. Email your people regularly. This is the most important relationship if you're growing a business is your email list. Treat them like gold. Inspire them. I email my list once or twice a week, sometimes more. 
I try to keep those emails as inspiring as possible to give tools, to share new articles, resources, templates, etc. I also do all my selling inside of my email list. It's a great place. So if you have an email list and you only email it on occasion and you're not consistent with it, which I hear so often from people is they forget that this is the number one relationship if you're growing a business, then get into the habit of connecting with your people all the time. So number two, signature workshop. Welcome to my signature workshop. It took me a few weeks to develop the signature workshop. I now tour this from stage to stage to stage, and I take this to other people's stages. They bring me into their audience. I share this workshop, and sometimes people come and work with me on a professional level, whether it's coaching or buying my courses or partnering with us at Magic Media. And so this is my signature workshop. Every single one of you is an educator. And how much fun would it be to develop like a 60 to 90 minute flagship workshop that you could tour to other people's stages? I think this is my ninth, eight or ninth one this year. My email list has grown by about 2,500 people from doing this workshop just this year. That's way better than all the hours I spent over all the years on Facebook. Like, it's just, it's so much better. And there's... I'm going to get into podcasting, but how many times have you listened to an inspiring podcast and then you actually went to the guest's website and purchased something? Doesn't happen very often. But with the signature workshop, you're guiding people through a transformation. You're helping them to go through. It's more than just a conversation. You're leading them to a result that can change their lives. And when you change somebody's life for the better, chances are they're more likely and inspired to come on the next step of the journey with you. And so think about what you could do for a signature workshop. And my goal this year was just to do at least one of these every month. And I, as I said, I'm probably averaging almost two a month right now. So if you design a signature workshop and then you start to reach out to other people who are aligned with that workshop content, and then you do it to their audience, and then you grow your audience by bringing that gift to their communities. So this is the number one thing I'm recommending people do these days. If you want to get off social media is design a signature workshop and then go on tour with it, virtual tour. Next is guest appearances, podcasts, guest blogging, go on somebody's YouTube channel. Guest appearances are great because like typically if I'm doing a guest workshop for somebody, we trade going on each other's podcasts do the workshop. They'll come teach a workshop to me. And so there's this like reciprocity of like, let's, let's both inspire each other's audiences. And it's a beautiful thing. Podcasts are still a great thing. Just make sure if you're doing a podcast episode, you have a really great call to action for people to follow up on when they're listening to that podcast. You got to get them in the moment while they're inspired. Otherwise the podcast ends and they're gone. So you have to have a really strong call to action if you're doing podcasting. And I mean, with guest blogging, when I was growing my meditation business back in the day, I was writing articles every week. I had a spreadsheet with probably 50 plus personal growth blogs. And every time I did an article, I would go to that spreadsheet and I would copy paste that article and I would send it to all of those places. And oftentimes I get three to five guest posts on different, different places. And that would help me grow my email list back then. No social media required. Next, licensing. So as Hope alluded to earlier, I wouldn't call myself a meditation teacher presently. Um, I taught about 500 workshops between 2009 and 2012. I did retreats around the world. And then in 2012, between 2012 and 2014, I produced a world-class audio meditation library. We have 48 tracks each with custom composed music. I have licensed those across eight different platforms that I'm on right now non-exclusively. So I'm literally making money on the, all these different platforms for the exact same content. And it's generated hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've literally had my meditations support at least a couple million meditators around the world through these different apps. I have hundreds of thousands of reviews. And so if you have, let's just say it's a masterclass or an audio library or an online course that you have produced there are so many companies and institutions 
that are looking for content like that, that they could then repackage, white label, and sell it to their audience. It could be a certification program that you've created that you could then license to other organizations that are governing bodies that do certification programs. I have a, a client that has a doula course and that's what she's doing with that is she's, she produced it, she made it, it's beautiful. And now she's licensing it to other, other platforms and places. So you can scale what you're doing if you do a really great job. Now, these meditation companies would never look at me if I didn't do such a professional job in recording. If you don't do a professional job in producing your online course or your meditation library or whatever it might be, then they're not going to look at you. It has to be high quality. And that's the thing is like, if you want to get paid like a professional, then make stuff that's professional and then people will pay attention and you'd be paid well. That's what we do at Magic Media. So licensing is a very untapped space. A lot of these organizations that are doing licensing partnerships, they don't have a content creation team. They're looking for experts. They're looking for you. So take what you have, find some aligned organizations and send 20 or 30 pitches about licensing what you have. Send them some samples. Uh, I have a whole course on this particular topic that I could share later if anybody wants the links. Next up, profit sharing. Profit sharing is a beautiful way to create inspiring alliances. So for example, um, Magic Kids, this is our publishing and production company for kids. We do audio stories, music and meditation. We're building the largest conscious music library. Uh, we do new audio stories. We partner with voice actors and musicians that score the music and sound effects and writers around the world and illustrators and all these things. And we're the first fair trade publishing company. We pay 50% of our revenue back to our artists. And I've been doing profit sharing for a very, very long time. Magic Media, five years ago, we shifted our business model. We no longer do client work. We do revenue share partners. So Somebody instead of somebody paying fifty or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it might be for a project, they pay a bit smaller down payment, and then we rev share for three years. So we become business partners. So I have a bunch of different business partners that we're growing their businesses with them, and we we all win in the bounty that we create together. And it's a beautiful way of going about business. And so Magic Kids, 50% of the revenue goes back to the artists. That helps to build a culture of artists that are thriving, that are promoting what we're creating because we're all in it together. And the more of the artists that are promoting and sharing, the more everybody wins. And so profit sharing is an amazing thing to do because all of a sudden, you don't have to have a down payment that's massive to find your dream team. You can all just work together on the same vision and you can all win from, from it. And you're trying to find complementary skill sets. So profit sharing is a great way to find partners. Collaborations is another way. So if you don't have a massive budget, this is slightly different than, than profit sharing. So collaborations are like when I was building the great e-course adventure, which is kind of like our online course for building online courses. And it's a combination like between Indiana Jones meets Saturday Night Live meets like a business school. And when we were building that, I didn't have the money to hire my buddies. It was nine months of production and building our platforms and all the things. And so I, I pitched my buddies. I was like, you be the media guy, you do all the videos, you be the tech guy, you do the platforms, the brands, the designs, I'll be the you know experienced designer and educator and coach and all the things. And then we partnered and we, we shared the, the revenue. And so uh, same goes for when I produced my meditation library is, is I didn't have the money to hire my buddy for a year and a half of production and working together. And so we just became business partners. And there's so many starving artists out there that have all the talent in the world. They're working in cafes or working in corporations they don't like or doing silly design gigs because they have to. That if you pitch those people, sometimes they're going to be inspired by your vision. They'll come on board if they can keep a rev share because who doesn't want passive income in their life? You do the work and then you sell something forever. That's what I did with my meditation library. So find collaborations, find creative people that align with your vision and find ways to inspire them to work with you so that you don't have to work alone because it's everything I've ever done has been a collaboration and it's always better because I suck at design and I suck at tech. So I find ways to inspire those people to join my team and then we do it together and it's way more fun. Next is affiliate marketing. 
So this is pretty common in the industry of building online courses and products and selling retreats and that is, you know, you, there's a lot of systems where you thrive cart as our tool, but uh, basically somebody, if somebody promotes your thing to their audience, they get a percentage of the sales, which is this kind of like replaces your marketing budget. You know, the average company might spend 20 to 30% of the revenue on marketing, you know, Facebook ads, et cetera. But instead of giving Mark Zuckerberg your money, you're asking your friends, your colleagues, your peers to promote your upcoming launch or your product or your community. And instead of, you know, paying Mark Zuckerberg all that money, you're like, you get 20% commission on this thousand dollar program. So if you, you know, $200 for every person that registers, you get that. And instead of me paying Mark, I'm going to pay you because I'd rather pay you because you're my friend and I want your bank account to be full and not Mark's bank account. So affiliate marketing is great. It's a wonderful thing to do. You have to be organized if you're doing it. You have to have you know, resources ready to go that they can copy, paste, and share. You do need a little bit of tech stuff, but the tech's not complicated to do affiliate marketing properly. Next, uh, sponsorships. This is uh, an avenue that we're exploring with Magic Kids is, you know, if you're putting on an event or a workshop, you could find a tech company to sponsor it. You could find, um, you could get sponsors if you have a podcast, you can get sponsors if you have uh, an online YouTube show. Like there's lots, of, sponsorships are a great thing because you're building partnerships with, if you can choose the sponsors, unlike YouTube choosing the sponsors that sponsor your, your videos, if you're posting on YouTube, if you can find partners that like it makes sense, like I'm looking for, I'm, I'm going to be knocking on some doors in the coming weeks for, for just my golf passion. Cause I have a YouTube channel that I'm doing for fun. Uh, I'm going to look for some free swag through my YouTube channel. And that's a fun thing to do. If you can find the right things and you can cherry pick who you get as a sponsor. So that's another way that you can go about it. Uh, YouTube shorts. I don't consider YouTube to be social media because it's more of an entertainment and education platform to me. So when I say leave social media, I, I do YouTube. I have my magic media channel has over 400 videos, educational content. Um, I, my body mind swing for my golf channel. I've been doing almost daily YouTube shorts since February. And, uh, and so YouTube, because of the growth of TikTok, uh, YouTube's trying to keep up. And so they're really, uh, leveraging YouTube shorts, which is under 60 second YouTube videos, um, which are filmed. You shoot them like this instead of like this. Um, so YouTube shorts is a great way to like drop potent resonant messages to your audience. Um, and like my first YouTube short I did on a brand new channel with zero subscribers, zero videos. I had over 2000 video views on that first video, bunch of engagement. It was, it was pretty cool. So YouTube shorts is a great way to grow your audience. If you're already creating content that way, it's lots of fun. I use an app called CapCut to do all my editing. You get a massive library of music. It's really easy to edit videos on the fly. Most of my videos take me like 10 minutes to edit. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not an editor. I know how to do it kind of well, but it's a really fun app, CapCut, uh, C-A-P-C-U-T. So yeah, YouTube shorts is fun. And then with Magic Kids, I mean, we've done, we're doing lots of different things. We have a lot of different avenues that we're uh, going with bookstores, press kits, social media reach, which is, um, I'll get into that in just a second, what we're going to be doing on social media. So even though I haven't done social media, we have a part of our strategy that's going to be on social media for Magic Kids. Uh, we do market boosts. Uh, we're partnering with other apps. Uh, we're getting influencer artists giving books away. Uh, we're selling my golf story to golf courses. Um, so where social media can work and uh, where I believe it's going to work for magic kids. So we are working with one of the top comedy commercials in the world. They're called Harmon brothers. And we are, uh, because I have a media company and I'm a writer and I have a team of writers that I'm, are on my team. Uh, we're producing we just did our first eight last week comedy commercials for Magic Kids. So they're under 60 seconds. They'll go on all of the social media platforms. Luckily, I won't be the guy to have the account and, and do all the posting. Um, and so comedy is a pretty interesting thing. You can create videos that are short that can go viral. Uh, and so we're stockpiling them. We're doing our summer of testing for the Magic Kids app, which comes out next month. And then 
in September, we're going to have more than 30 commercials that are stockpiled that we will be putting a bunch of money behind to grow our audience in that way. So as I said, social media can work. It's not, it's, it's not a get out. This is my first time really focusing on social media, but we're working with a team of experts. We're going to have a budget behind it. And that seems to be the main way that social media tends to work. Um, and for me, I've been wanting to write comedy for years, and this is a really exciting chapter in stepping into that, that journey for me. So I'm excited about that. Bradley? Yeah. Quick, quick thought. And Maria just asked, wait, what's number 10? <laughs> you slide through. Was that nine? Yeah. Maybe there's only nine. Well, there's a bunch here. There's over, there's definitely 10 if you count these. So um, <laughs> partnering with influencers, newsletter, partnering with uh, other apps, press kits. I mean, how many of you sent press kits when you're launching a new product or a new service? Press kits do work. We've gotten some decent media exposure for Magic Kids. Uh, selling, if you have physical products, selling in stores, finding influencers to partner with, which can be hard, but if you know somebody that knows somebody, you can open some doors. Uh, we're in conversations with Rafi right now, which could be an exciting new new partnership for magic kids. So maybe there was only nine. Um, so here's the magic formula <laughs> to see if you're wasting time or if you're on the right track, how much money do you generate through social media directly? Write it down. Is it an average of 500 a week? Is it an average of 100 a week? Is it an average of $0 per month? And then divide that by how many hours you're working. And that gives you your hourly price for all the time you're investing into social media. If you're not making more than $100 an hour from your time that you're investing on social media, I mean, you imagine all the back pay of how many hours and how much time you spent on social media in the last 10 plus years, chances are you, you, it doesn't equal out to $100 an hour for the majority of people. Um, how much are you making? If you're not making $100 an hour, I would encourage like a 90-day social media fast and try one or two of these other solutions that I've talked about today and step fully into them with all that extra time you're going to have, that extra 40 hours a month, 50 hours a month, or 20 hours a month, whatever it might be, redevote that, reallocate that time to one or two of these other strategies. One of them being 100% do your signature workshop. That's a thing that you got to do. And figure out one of the other ones on how do you cultivate those real relationships. I mean, if you spent two hours today thinking of all the connections that you have in your network that you've met, that you've had connection with over the last 10 years, and you made a giant list and you started reaching out to those contacts who have kind of like, they're still warm if you reached out, but they're cold because they're out of mind and out of sight. If you reached out to them and said, Hey, it's me. Remember we met here. I'm just like, reaching out to people to connect. Do you want to set up a 30 minute coffee meeting and just like reconnect and see what you're doing and share what I'm doing and see if we have any synergy, if there's any way to cross pollinate. And if you do that, if you spend all of that extra time, just having follow-up calls to reconnect with people, it's amazing what you'll do. And most people say, well, I don't have time for that. It's like, well, we don't have time because we're on social media. There's definitely time available to, to nurture and foster relationships because that's what humans do. So I would encourage that. If you're not generating at least this, do a 90-day experiment and just like minimize your exposure to it. Get off of it. Delete it from your phones so you're not checking it and just get off and reallocate that time. Uh, social media can work if you have a strategy. We are working with a team of experts. We're, we have a very clear strategy for Magic Kids on how we're going to use social media. I'm not going to be the guy to be posting. So I still am going to be off social media. You got to have a schedule. So you have to treat your company like your media company. Like you have a publishing schedule. It's like we publish once a day or once every other day or whatever it is, like have a schedule, schedule that stuff in, batch your work, uh, be disciplined with it. Don't let it take over your brain. And if you can get your team to do the things that you don't want to be doing, which might be going on social media. Uh, we use Mighty Networks. We've built about 15 of them in the last five years. Mighty Networks is great. It's your own social media platform. You get to control it. You can do events, live streaming. You can have courses. You can have online masterclasses. You have a community. So you get your own social media. There's lots of different ways that you can monetize it. There's a lot of business models you could do inside of Mighty Networks. It's a beautiful space. It has an app. Like There's a lot of benefits to using Mighty Networks. So, uh, 
Hope's community is inside of Mighty Networks. Um, and it just like, there's so many possibilities and you own it. It's like when you're trying to run a group that's trying to make the world a better place and you're competing with like Facebook groups and you're trying to do like deep, meaningful work and keep people connected and inspire people and get them to take action and all the different things. And you're battling with like Facebook trolls and cat videos and all of the distractions that come from just being on that platform. And then you have a mighty network, which is like a focused container where everybody's there for the same purpose and you log in and it's intentional and you're there to like learn and grow and connect with the same type of people. It's a big difference. So I'd say, give yourself a gift, reevaluate mar your marketing strategy, decide if it works for you and your business, spend a day making a new plan book in the next 30 days, book at least three or four solid hours, preferably a full day, give yourself a retreat and come up with an entirely new marketing strategy that better suits your desires, your goals, your time, and your soul. Because from what I hear, social media is pretty soul-sucking. And leave social media if you must, uh, because there's better ways of doing things. And I feel grateful that I've gone on this quest and I've discovered all the things that I've discovered over the years and that I'm able to now help other people evacuate social media that aren't necessarily fulfilled or having their bank accounts filled by being in those landscapes. Uh, protect your time and consciousness. This is a weird time on planet Earth. And uh, those, your consciousness is such an important part of who you are and the gifts you're here to bring in the world. So protect it. If you must leave, leave. Surround yourself by beautiful people in real villages and village up. It's, uh, we need strong connections in this time. And that's it. Uh, that magic marketing workshop I was talking about, we have all my templates. Uh, it's a, literally $100. It's a three-hour version of this where we go much, much deeper and you get all of our outreach templates for licensing partnerships, for pitching your workshops. Like You get all of our spreadsheet templates and all the things. Um, you can find that at magicmedia.com. Uh, and you can find all of our other things at Magic Media. Uh, for those of you that have kids or you're in the education space, I highly recommend and I invite you to come check out magickids.com. It's a very special project. And I think we're, we're going to be doing some really big things with a lot of artists all over the world in the next year. So come, come enjoy that. And uh, please share this masterclass on social media because I can't. Uh, and I would really just love that you did that. It would be very ironic and fun. Thanks, Bradley. So the much. end and the beginning. That was awesome. And you jammed a lot into 45 minutes, right, Maria? That was good. You you sped up your, your amazing fact and storytelling. And for somebody who is so committed to building relationships and connecting the dots and people around the world, um, you have been a huge source of inspiration to me. I would really like to open up the floor and invite people to put their hand up and share what has landed with them in what Bradley shared. What in particular has landed with you? Any takeaways, any questions for Bradley? Um, we've got, a, got some time for a few questions. Does anybody wanna? I see Mara, how do you get people to engage in your mighty network and interact? So uh, that's a great one. You have to retrain people. Your first 30 days of bringing people into your Mighty Network landscape is so important. You do have to have a lot of onboarding emails. You have to keep them inspired. So in your first seven days of bringing somebody in your Mighty Network, you need seven emails. You need a daily email. You need probably for the next two weeks after that, you need an email every two weeks. You have to keep pulling people back and showing them that there's a heartbeat in this space because there's a big heartbeat on social media. And you have to show them there's a heartbeat over here as well. And if you keep feeding them, bringing them over with articles, bringing them over with community asking questions, bringing them over, inviting them to events, those autoresponders that go out in the first 30 days are so crucial for hooking people in to your space. You have to make it a daily habit of bringing them into your membership space. If it's literally like just a weekly email, they're gone. Like, forget it. They're not going to be showing up present to your space. you got to give them reasons to come over. Um, so make sure Mighty Networks has their, I mean, all praise to Gina and what she's built, but her Mighty Networks training 
that she does is like, it's not up to snuff. It doesn't really show you how to engage your people and keep them engaged inside of your community space. It really is what people are looking for is intimacy. They want to be seen. They want to be felt. They want to be heard. They want to have a communal experience. And so you have to give that to them. And it does take some engineering. And it takes a lot of trial and error. The more live stuff that you have inside your community, the more people are going to feel connected to that space and the more they're going to show up inside of the feed as well. So having lots of space. If you're building community, there's no such thing as passive income at all. Like having subscriptions is a wonderful thing. But if you're building community, it's not passive whatsoever. You're handholding, you're cheerleading, you're encouraging people, you're creating beautiful content. You're helping to facilitate connections within that space because you're going to see things that they can't see. So um, passive income isn't a real thing. What I've done with my meditation library, pure passive income. Licensing, if you want passive income, go license stuff. That's a great way to make passive income. Um, so yeah, that that's what I would suggest is like you're onboarding in that first 30 days and you see really good. Go ahead, Maria. Over to you. Yeah, I just I actually thank you, Bradley uh, and Hopi for organizing this. Um, that was a point that I wrote because I don't want to make digital classes. It's like my work is all about tending community. And so that whole licensing thing is like, I don't even know how to make that a part of my like, that's not part of my list immediately. Anyways, I'm struggling with how do I even make a signature workshop because I'm so hands on in person with people and I work outside and people work in the garden and everything is very much about working outside that yeah. I'm really struggling with the being on the computer platform. But obviously I go onto the computer. My email list is definitely my, my largest thing, but then how do I get people to come to my email list is like, I go to events that are relevant to me and I show my face and I get people to sign up for my email list. But it's really slow work. Like it's yeah. really slow. Like I might, you know, if I go to the busiest market in Toronto, um, farmer's market, and I might have like 10 people at the end of the day that have joined my mailing list, which is awesome. But years later, you know, it's just a couple hundred people on my list. So I, I appreciate all of the like guest appearances, like relationship building of like helping other helping yourself be seen while you see other businesses too. And like all the people that are doing things that I support. Um, I, I think that that's probably going to be where I put a, a big chunk of my effort right now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great with the signature workshop. It seems like there's a few other people that are interested in a signature workshop. Like this is, this is the gateway drug into your life's work. So you have to think about like, what is, the starting point that you can make the largest impact in somebody's life in 60 minutes. It's like, if you yeah. take a step back and you look at the common questions, the common struggles that you're witnessing in so many of the people that come to you. The reason I made this workshop is I was just seeing so many people struggling with their relationship with social, social media. So many people not actually doing the thing that they did because they were so or they wanted to do because they were so distracted and they were wasting so much time and i was like the solution for them to stop wasting time to actually do what they want to do is they have to get off social media and they have to learn all these other things that i've learned by leaving social media so for you it's like when you're talking to people start to like keep tabs of like listen to what their struggles are what questions are they asking you? A great way to decide on your signature workshop is to survey your audience. Send out a survey to your email list and say, hey, I'm thinking about designing a signature workshop and I need your help figuring out what to teach. Here's a bunch of different topics that I'm thinking about. What would be the most helpful and beneficial for all of you out there? And they'll tell you, you know, they, they are looking for you for answers. And so if you're going to do that, then they'll tell you exactly what to make. I love that. I love that prompt to reach out to your audience or your connections, because often people will share, especially if you make it brief. I just wanted to, to point something out that I hear from many people and some of you on this call that I know or work with is you have so many tactics and so many strategies and tools, which are great. Sometimes though, I would recommend for everybody to check in with yourself yeah. about 
how much, you know, how much effort and time do you want to build something complex, um, which could yield amazing results. I think we get caught in a trap and let me know what you think, Bradley, of listening to experts and thinking we need to do something different as opposed to listening to ourselves. So for example, Maria, maybe your signature workshop is a signature workshop in your garden. Or yeah. I know Janet Nizon has a bajillion signature workshops that she's like brimming with, um, but listening to yourself about what feels right in terms of sharing that with the world. Brad's shared a bunch of different ways. So listen to yourself would be my, my first uh, recommendation. And oftentimes your signature workshop is not necessarily, it might not be giving people all the answers. It's more opening their consciousness to the possibilities that exist. That's all we're doing here today. If you want like tactics on like, here's the next step and here's how you lay out a plan. That's my like three hour course is like, here's this now take action on this path. And here's the templates to get that done. Things that work in a, in a masterclass, like you want to open people. So give them something that really expands their mind. And then the invitation at the end is like, if you want to go deeper, then here's this course, or here's my coaching or come over here to my community space. And so the signature workshop is there to simply like get people thinking differently, give them some form of results. So like the call to action, the invitation from me to all of you today in this signature workshop is to choose one of these paths that you felt the biggest spark and sit with that and sit with the journal and while it's fresh and map out what it might be. And that invitation would definitely be the signature workshop because it's, it's worked so well for me. I'm seeing it work for others. So, you know, yeah. having that invitation at the end is really important. I, I just want to point out Janet's um, resonating with the idea of not adding more things to replace social media. Yeah. Bradley, when you said take time and create space for retreat for yourself, so often we don't take this time yeah. to come back to ourselves and think about what matters, what's working, what's not working. And this isn't something to do once every 10 years or when you're having your crashing and feeling all over the place this is something to regularly check in on mm -hmm. i've had the pleasure and honor of checking in with a number of people here and when you create that space then you can see or understand what directions are working and what's not to make a plan strategy yeah 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 you don't want to just jump from one thing to the other thing and like there's just so much angst that comes with doing that like you want this to be a decision that comes from the deepest part of your being of like, this feels like my biggest yes moving forward. And you want to feel that like that pull of like, wow, if I left, if I had just cut the threads of this relationship to move into this, like you want it to feel really good. It has to be an empowering decision. Awesome. I am loving the comments. I wanted to just check in before we all hop off. For the day if anybody had any last questions or shares for bradley maria go ahead um one of my uh i i without a lot of background but i i'm not very active on social media and last year i gave a big push to it because one of uh, the students in the mentoring program traded her fee for the program to be my social media person yeah. And it was such a huge learning curve for me and for her that it ended up being way more than I ever wanted to do. And I was like, absolutely committed. Like, there's no way I am going to do this again this year. And so I'm not spending time on social media. I don't have the apps on my phone, but now I have this presence there. And so then all of these people who are my peers are always cross-referencing me. So I didn't, because uh, part of me was like, I want to eliminate my presence completely and not exist there. And then I just decided just to leave it, even if it's going to be outdated, the essence of me is still there. Like there's a presentation of me so people can still go to refer when other people are cross pollinating me. So I appreciated when you said like you found your way to make it work for you. Um, and for me, that has to do with someone else's doing it and not me. But I, I like I don't have to be a ghost there. I just um, 
or, or be invisible. I just don't have to be active. Yeah. And if you're keeping it, like if you are doing a newsletter, then by all means, copy paste that newsletter. If you're keeping those channels up, copy paste that newsletter so that they get that once a week sort of infusion and, you know, things can still happen there and you never know what will happen if you're dropping those, those seeds in the bucket. Like you just don't know if something's going to get some legs and grow, but it's like, where can your time best be utilized? That's a good suggestion. Thank you. But the newsletter on Instagram, never thought of that. Janet, were you going to say something? Yeah. I just, first of all, I wanted to thank you for hosting this and Bradley for a fabulous thought provoking workshop. I think for me, you know, the, the aha moment was, was hearing about your aha moment sitting looking at the sunset. And I think, you know, I think it's about being clear with ourselves about what we think we're doing on social media versus what we're really doing. And then saying, okay, if I want to pull back on that or get off or whatever, saying, you know, what are my goals and what is the way that makes sense for me to be achieving them, whether they're using some version of that or some version of the other tools and resources available, um, but sort of being, being mindful of kind of this, this kind of unintentional time suck or, oh yeah, but I'm working kind of thing that we, we all fall into. Yeah, yeah, this is work. And then I think it's that sort of like, no, this is really not driving my work. This is somehow using up all my time and energy and it's accomplishing this take that time and put it towards what makes sense that's going to have actual outcomes so really really thought-provoking thank you so much thank you thank you for sharing i'm glad it's been helpful anita go ahead hi there thanks this has been uh, really inspiring i think like others taking copious notes um just one little question brought um that i'm thinking about bradley is just the whole idea of the one-shot wonder, worrying about, you know, someone who's on a very beginning journey of contemplating the way to create content and community. Um, the signature workshop really was something of interest, but then I think there's that worry, like, is that it? Like I create it and is, is, that, is that a one and done, you know, and what your thoughts are around that? Well, this workshop, I keep refining. Every time I do it, I go back to my notes and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do this time? Clearly, I tell people there's 10 things. I got to go back and add a 10th. But it's it's definitely not a one and done. It's something that like you can grow into. And the once you build it, then you have to, you still have to market it. Marketing is still a real thing that we all have to do if we have a business. There's no like, if we build our signature workshop, they will come. It's like, we have to then, for me, it was like Google search, all the keywords I could think of that have to do with me, my business and the workshop that I'm doing, make a list of at least a hundred people in a spreadsheet, hundred different websites that have podcasts that have followings, etc. reach out to them with my pitch email and be like, Hey, I have the signature workshop. This is what I do. I toured around. And this is, you know, some of the feedback that I've gotten in the past from these other people that hosted me. Would you be interested in hosting me? So you create kind of like a media kit for the signature workshop. And then you send that media kit to all these different places, just like you would, if you're reaching out for a podcast interview, now you're, you're doing a signature workshop. And once they say yes to my signature workshop, I'm like, great. I see you have a podcast. Do you want to like introduce me on your podcast first? And then we'll do the signature workshop a week later so that people can get to know me and then we'll sell more to, or we'll have more people come out to the signature workshop. So it's a great way to just like open doors. And I guarantee for every single one of you, there's probably at least 50 to hundred aligned people that you could find on Google today that you could pitch a signature workshop to. It just takes time to go through. For me, I don't do that research. I get my assistant to do that research and say, hey, can you spend a few hours today just like researching Google and finding a bunch of places to pitch? And, and it's been great. It's been getting me podcast interviews. It's been getting me some signature workshops. And so it just, it takes time. And so the question is like, where are we allocating time that makes the most sense? That's helping us to move in the direction that we want with our business, with our life, with the impact we're trying to make. I mean, social media is interesting. It's an interesting beast. It's very fascinating because things can spread like wildfire in an instant. It's wild that that can happen there. It can also happen in other places and other spaces. And for me, my business model shifted from wanting to get 
you know, a million followers or 10,000 people in my email list or whatever to like, I have a business model that can, my life can blossom with 10 relationships. My entire existence can be leveraged with just 10 individual partnerships for magic media and finding 10 versus 10,000 or a million is way easier and it's way more satisfying and way more manageable for me because there's way less relationships flying at me. You just read my mind. I think that's a, that's a really great point to, to end on is keeping the scale manageable and we don't need to get a million followers. And I personally keep my, my goals pretty small because I want real relationships and real bonds. So keep it manageable come back to yourself, look at how you can grab back time and use it for the things that you're passionate about. I'm passionate about seeing all of you guys get on with your day, but also connecting with you in real ways. It's my honor to have you guys jump into our space and meet Bradley. Thank you so much, Bradley, for sharing your stories. And I will be in touch with you all via email. And I look forward to seeing how these sparks unfold. Have a wonderful yeah. day. Thank you. Thank you so Thank you much. Both. Take care. Hope that was fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Making Magic Podcast with your host, Bradley T. Morris from Magic Media. If you're inspired to leverage your life's work by crafting your transformational, educational, and inspirational media, thriving online community, profitable membership, or to turn your message into a movement, then head on over to magicmedia.com, that's M-A-J-I-K, media.com, and explore what our Creators Club or partnership opportunities have to offer you and your beautiful business.